Welcome to Left Foot. We invite fresh conversation on business development. Now here's your host, Nicole Giantonio. Today's episode is sponsored by X-Expense, a simple, secure expense management application for your divorcing clients. Track and split shared expenses and easily see who owes what. Hello, listeners, and welcome to Left Foot. Today's guest concentrates his practice in matrimonial and family law and carries the distinction of being listed as a New Jersey super lawyer. He is the managing member of his firm, Lawfer, Delina, Candacina, Jensen and Boyd. Joe Candacina, welcome to Left Foot. Thank you, Nicole. Joe, which of your personal strengths or habits have allowed you to be successful in developing business? Well, I think that one of my best personal traits is my personality. I'm a very friendly and also welcoming individual. So I find that a lot of my clients are able to connect with me and feel very comfortable talking to me and trusting in what I have to tell them based upon years of family law experience and knowledge that I have. Excellent. So how do you make your clients comfortable, especially new clients that are just getting to know you? Well, I explain to most of my new clients that this is a very difficult time in their life and that I'm not here to tell them what they want to hear, but I'm here to tell them what they need to know about family law in New Jersey. And so that sets the tone and gives them some realistic expectations as to what they will see and encounter during the divorce process here in New Jersey. When you're having that discussion, are there certain things you say or certain environments that you create that make that just more comfortable? I mostly bring my clients into my office and I do have a box of tissues on my desk, which is uh, very popular and often used when people are coming in to deal with family law issues. I try to explain to them that I've been doing this for almost 20 years and I've pretty much heard and seen just about every situation that you could imagine in the arena of family law. So I'm someone that could sympathize with them, understand their problem and be able to figure out a way to try to address it so that the outcome could be as positive as possible in the process. Joe, I'm assuming you get a lot of your business through referral. Is that accurate? Yes. That's the most common way that I track new clients. It's mostly from referrals from prior clients that have been satisfied with my services and are very eager to recommend me to their friends, family, and anyone else that needs my services. Do you ever find yourself having to proactively go out and ensure you're building relationships with other professionals, maybe wealth advisors or other kinds of attorneys in the market? Yes, we do. And we do that not only are some of our referrals former clients, but we do get a lot of referrals from other attorneys. We have a very unique, primarily family law focused law firm. Probably 90% of what we do here is family law. 100% of what I do is family law. That's primarily what we do, except for one or two partners that may do some other civil or, or criminal litigation. Other firms recognize us and me as leading attorney in family law in New Jersey. And we do engage with other attorneys and firms to cross-reference with each other. Besides getting in front of other lawyers, do you do a lot of networking functions within the community that either you host? What does that look like? The type of way that we network in our community is through charitable organizations, politics, and also with the bar associations that are very involved in either on a countywide or statewide basis. So we are very active in the local uh, bar association, which makes up a Attorneys from all different areas of the practice of law. I serve as an officer of the Morris County Bar Association. So there are other members of the officers and trustees that are not family law practitioners.
practitioners that you know you get to know and socialize with and be, get a comfort level with that they uh, refer clients to you. Do you have a particular niche that you work in, whether it's high net worth individuals or more complex types of divorce, maybe when there's children involved? Do you have a particular area where you've you know, pretty much been recommended because of your skill set in that area or your experience in that area? We get a range of all types of family law issues. And the good thing about that is that we do divorce, we do custody, we do dissolutions of civil unions or domestic partnerships. We, we pretty much range the whole area of family law. I don't do wills and real estate and civil litigation and criminal matters unless it's a domestic violence matter. So I try to focus pretty much all of my efforts in the area of family law as it relates to divorce and all the sub areas that it falls under, for example, custody, relocation, alimony. One of the things that we talk about on Left Foot and has definitely been part of the voice that we've heard, a lot of lawyers, when they start practicing and become good at their area of law and develop a reputation, they pretty much rely on that as the first way to grow their business and be looked at as a lawyer. Another lawyer can feel comfortable referring business to them. Did you start by saying, hey, you know, I do good work and that is a good reason for us to get to know each other, lawyer to lawyer. You did mention that you're involved with the Bar Association. Have you taught continuing education courses? Have you written extensively? What are the other ways that you've ensured that not only is your name out in the market, but that you're reminding people that you're there and available to assist them and their clients? Yes. Well, I started off doing a judicial law clerkship and it's a one-year commitment with a superior court judge. And that's how I got involved in family law. At the time, the judge was assigned to the family division in Bergen County. So year of experience working with the court and the judge, learning family law and learning the attorneys who often practice the family law gives you better direction in where you're going to go once you're done and you're ready to start practicing. When I finished up my clerkship with the court, most of the law firms that were interested in hiring me were mostly family law firms because I had had that experience with the court for a year doing the judicial clerkship. I've been practicing family law with the same group of people, teen, 19 years. The name of the firm changed over the years, but the same core group of family law attorneys, we've been together for a long period of time. And that has helped establish me as a reputable family law attorney from a reputable family law firm. It's important as an attorney that you're involved with the local and the state bar association and that you give back. I'm on the family logs committee for the Morris County Bar Association, besides being an officer for the organization, which is a very well-respected position. And, and it shows that the attorney is also giving back to the community and interested in protecting the profession amongst the public. And same with the State Bar Association. I'm on the Family Law Executive Committee, which is a limited group of attorneys that are asked to serve on the committee. And we review uh, legislation and we talk about family law topics. We give seminars. I've lectured not only for the State Bar Association, but the Morris County Bar Association, and also for the New Jersey Trial Lawyers Association. Those types of opportunities with the Bar Association give you a chance to present on various topics to other attorneys in your field. So it's a great avenue for advertising amongst the profession. You can see that as a great way to get out there and spread the word, really become an authority and solidify your authority in that area. I'm assuming there are opportunities or matters situations that are competitive or do you not find this business 
competitive. If you would comment on how competitive business is, assuming it is competitive, how you've been able to differentiate your firm in competitive situations. Yes, it is very competitive. And there are a lot of firms out there that have family law departments or even just specialize in family law in the similar fashion that we do. The way we stand out, we do some internet marketing. We have a very good website. We do some social media advertising within LinkedIn. The bottom line, it's reputation of the firm and it's reputation of the attorneys and us that we do a good job and we care about our clients and we want to represent people that can follow our advice and appreciate what we're trying to explain to them and how we're trying to get them get their case completed as quickly as possible for their sake. The longer the case goes on, the more expensive the process becomes for the parties. And it's not uncommon that people just run out of money and are, can't afford to litigate the case. In that regard, many of our partners and myself, we also do a lot of alternative dispute resolution methods that we try to make available to our clients or we also ask our clients to participate in them. The court encourages it. When you have cases in New Jersey where getting to a trial is not an easy process because of the costs involved and the fact that court system is severely burdened by the number of, of cases that are filed on, a, on an annual basis and also in limited judges that hear all these cases. If you're looking for a trial, it's not uncommon that you might wait a year and a half, two years or more to get a case tried before a judge. You have to be able to assist the clients and negotiate and through direct negotiations with the attorney or through mediation to try to help these cases get resolved in a reasonable fashion. We're going to take a short break to hear a message from today's sponsor. With X-Expense, your divorcing clients can easily split ongoing shared expenses, attach receipts, statements, and store important family documents. X-Expense eliminates unwanted communication between parties and keeps small issues from becoming big issues. Stop fighting over who owes what with X-Expense. Learn more at xexpense.com. So Joe, most of our listeners are partners. They're new partners or established partners that are really tuning in to hear how others have grown their business. That idea of being out there and having a reputation and understanding, running your practice, understanding of the systems, the court systems in the state, those things are all critical. That said, the folks that are tuning in are looking for hints on how to edge out competing firms for business. Can you convey a a success story of when there was a family law matter that you and your firm were very interested in being involved in. You had to define your services in comparison to others. What transpired, whether there was something unique that you did, or there was just something interesting about the fact that you were able to secure that piece of business and of course have a successful resolution for your client. I don't ever treat a client that's coming in as someone that I need to convince that they absolutely need to hire me. Because in a matrimonial matter, you also have to make sure that the relationship is going to work between the attorney and the client. I don't have a heavy sell. And I think that the problem with attorneys that do try to have a heavy sell on a client may end up over-promising a client more than what they can deliver. 
Now, it's important to be successful in this practice and to have a great thriving business, but it also is important for you to practice law without having ethics complaints and problems with disgruntled clients because those situations could easily destroy your practice or your reputation. So it's important to be honest with people up front and to explain to them the range of what the alimony might be or the range of what the child support might be or a realistic approach to how the assets are going to be divided. It goes a long way. If a client feels that you're being sincere and you're looking out for their best interest, I think they realize that you're probably better than the person who oversold them a bag of extra things that may not have been quite right. And I've had people call me back afterwards. Sometimes clients that I never even represented ended up going with somebody else. And then I find out that they actually referred people to me later on. Even though I didn't represent them, but they had a situation where a friend had a problem. And instead of referring them to their attorney that handled the matter, they turned around and then referred them to me. That's a great compliment. I've had clients where the other spouse has recommended people to me. It's really flattering, to be honest with you, when the other spouse felt that you did such a good job that they would prefer to recommend you than their own attorney. They're seeing that you're responding in a way that can be very different than their own representation. So that that makes a lot of sense. And I've actually heard that with real estate lawyers, too, that you get the person on the other side of the transaction referring them or or saying, boy, you know, I really watched you work and you're going to be involved in my next real estate transaction. Hopefully not in someone's next matrimonial challenge. So let's spend a minute on fees. In the last several years, there's been a lot of attention on fees, specifically using an hourly based fee structure. Have you changed or has your firm changed the way that you go out and work with clients specific to fees? And if so, what changes have you made? Well, in New Jersey, in family law matters, it's always an hourly fee and we have to have a written agreement. And the fees vary depending upon the length of experience that the attorney has. And yes, they've gone up over the years. It's also important that an attorney that's looking to market himself to be competitive. As a young attorney, you don't want to be too high on the hourly rate because then you may discourage clients from retaining you. Once you have experience and you have a good reputation and you have a good following, you could charge a higher rate because clients will pay that. But still, most of the other attorneys in the area that are practicing as long as I have, you know, we've grown in this profession together and most of our rates are pretty competitive with each other. It's important to be mindful of that. And not be that outlier in any particular direction. Have you felt pressured though, if most of the firms in the area are all working with somewhat similar rates, there's probably not pressure to reduce rates. Are you seeing maybe one firm drop the rate and use that as a way to attract clients or is that not the case? Not really. I haven't dropped. I wouldn't recommend that attorneys start doing that. If a client is looking to retain your firm, you also want to make sure that the client that's looking to retain your firm is able to afford the services that you're going to provide. And that's why when a client comes in, not as a complex matter, it's a simple case. We have associates that work in the firm. Their hourly rates are substantially lower than the partner's hourly rates. And those are the type of cases that although they may come and they want me to represent them, it may not be worthwhile for them to be paying me at my hourly rate. What I do often, almost always, is most of the time, 
is when I meet with someone, I also include my associate in the meeting because this way, when the client comes to meet with me and we get the full understanding of the parameters of the case, if it's something that they probably don't need someone with my years of experience and hourly rate, I could easily explain to them that they could use my associate and my associate would be able to do the same type of work that I would do and they have the benefit of me being in the office that if there is an issue that arises, obviously the associate would be consulting with me on it and this way they can monitor and keep their fees at a lower rate if possible. Makes so much sense and really is a good lead into our next question which is the incorporation of technology in the legal space today and the idea of using technology to do a strong job in document review and other ways of managing a particular case. What have you seen out there that has to be part of a legal practice, especially a family legal practice going forward? It's important that you have a very good website. There are a lot of people out there that shop for a divorce attorney online. I find it hard to believe, but it does happen. People would just Google search for an attorney. People do do that. So I think it's vital for an attorney to have a website. Then there's also social media. I'm not a huge believer of social media, Facebook, and those types of avenues for putting your name out there. I I do have a LinkedIn account and I post certain things and communicate with people that use your services, want your services, provide services that help your clients, such as accountants, forensic psychologists that we deal with, investigators. So I think a somewhat good way to socialize on the internet. What we hear in corporate matters as well is that, say someone did refer you, they're going to go to the internet, they're going to go to your webpage because now they're going to confirm what they heard. And they're going to want to get a sense of who you are. So that that's really where a lot of that comes in. I agree with you. I feel that Facebook is more of a social platform where LinkedIn is more of a business platform. That said, I interviewed a gentleman who is a specialist on Facebook and LinkedIn for lawyers. And he said the majority of the business comes through Facebook in major law firms. I was shocked. His name is Adrian Dayton. I was back on my heels during that interview thinking, wow, he can't be right. And I have to tell you, I started even looking at my own stats and most of the corporate attorneys that tune in to Left Foot have found us on Facebook. I could not believe it. Yeah, and he works with AM100 law firms. I think a lot of it, similar to what you're doing in your communities, that people trust you because they know you and it doesn't matter how they know you. They know you because your kids belong to the same clubs or they know you because you're active in your community or they know you because of a work situation. They're going to make assumptions based on how they know you that how you deal with them as a community committee member and how you deal with them as a neighbor will translate into how you work, which I thought was really interesting. Absolutely. I've been involved in my local community as a councilman. I just was reelected for four years. That's a great opportunity for an attorney to be able to give back to his community and also to really get to know people in the community and help people. I can't tell you how often that turned into me being referred by someone through my involvement in my local community. They referred me and I took care of them and they were pleased with the way it went. That's it exactly. I think it comes back to you. A common theme recently has been you have to work on your business versus in it. So you can't just 
stay in your office. These things may not appear to be a value immediately, but they end up being a value at some point of coming to it with a positive attitude, knowing that whatever you're doing is reflective on the work that you would do. Absolutely. And I think it's important also that attorneys get involved in charitable organizations and not only to give up your time and, and your knowledge and your expertise and also so that the public sees that you're not all about working 15 hours a day in your office and billing and billing and billing, that you're a compassionate person. I've been involved with the American Heart Association since 2006. I've been past chairman of the board for the American Heart Association here in Northern New Jersey. I'm the immediate past chair now. It's a great opportunity to socialize with other individuals. And what's great about being involved in a charity organization like the American Heart Association, there's not that many attorneys on my board. I'm dealing in a whole different different area, healthcare executives, doctors, hospital administrators. And that's a great opportunity for you to get to know people in a different capacity. And it doesn't have anything to do with the practice of law or the practice of family law. I can't tell you how many times I've gotten cases from either board members or individuals that were involved. We hear that from others, especially if you're in some kind of referral-based practice. Again, we get that lawyers staying in their office, but also lawyers primarily doing their networking with other lawyers. What you just conveyed is critical critical and frankly enjoyable to get out and talk to people outside of other lawyers who all have networks. I mean, by getting to know those people, you're getting to know their networks. Once removed, those can be important networks to your business. Absolutely. Very, very important. I think for attorneys, it's important that you strike the balance between organizations you deal with that have other attorneys involved and others that don't have any attorneys involved. I always tell the associates in my office that it's important for you to get involved in things that you enjoy doing. Because the worst thing you could do is join a board or an organization and you really don't enjoy what you're doing. It then ends up that you don't show up at meetings and that you don't participate fully in the organization. It kind of sends a bad message to the other individuals that are involved with the organization. Either you just don't care or you just don't feel like you have any connection with them. That you're looking only to do this for a networking reason. That shouldn't be the only reason. You should do it because you enjoy enjoy it and that you want to do it, that will show with the other individuals and will result in people respecting you and wanting to refer cases to you. You've got a lot of energy. What do you enjoy most about the work that you do and the practice that you've developed? I really enjoy working with people and helping them get through the most difficult time in their lives. I go home at the end of the day, I go home to my wife and my two children and I'm grateful. I'm grateful for them and I'm grateful for what I have and and the fact that life is difficult and you really need to work hard at things and to have a good balance and make sure that you also make time for your family and you make time for your faith and your charitable organizations and your professional organizations and that you try to find a great way to balance it all. And that's really what's important. You want to come to work and be happy about coming to work because if you have to come to work and you're miserable coming to work, it's the worst feeling. People can tell that you're not ambitious about it, that you're just coming to work just for the sake of earning a paycheck and doing what you have to do to get by. You have to enjoy the ride. Absolutely great. Joe, thank you. It's been a pleasure having you as a guest on Left Foot. Thank you for listening to this episode of Left Foot. Be sure to visit www.leftfoot.net to access show notes, sign up for our weekday series, and embrace what it means to lead with the left foot. 